Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, church family. We are in the third week of our sermon series on courage. Today, we'll be talking about candor. As we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Before we start talking about courage and that part of courage that is candor, I want to spend a little time talking about this season in the life of the church. So in the liturgical year, we are in ordinary time or kingdom tide. Uh, this is the time period after Pentecost where we think about the building and growth and expansion of the Christian church. Remember, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus asked the disciples to begin in Jerusalem and then expand out to all uh, Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So if we couple that with Acts chapter 2, and you'll remember from our devoted series where we talked about the things that the disciples, the early believers were devoted to, uh, like teaching, like the community, shared meals and prayers. Uh, these actually work together quite nicely. See, Jesus sends the disciples out into the world. So there is this expanding nature of the church. We're always sharing the gospel with more people in more places for the sake of Christ. But another thing that the church is always doing is moving deeply into community with one another, deepening our life of, of prayer together, and sharing life through meals and other activities in our community, devoting ourselves to the teachings of the church. Sometimes we can major in one and minor in another, but really in the life of the church, we're asked to double major. Our mindset is both about sharing the gospel with more people in more places and deepening the life of our community. You see, it's through the deepened life of our community as we, again, focus on the teaching and community and shared meals and prayers, all those kinds of habits of Christian community are meant to form us as disciples, morally and ethically, to shape our worldview, to, to shape how we interact with one another, to allow the fruit of the Spirit to live through our lives as we interact with one another. And this is meant to give us the spiritual resources to continue to move out into the world. Now, it doesn't mean we have to go to different geographies to spread the message of Christ. We can do that right here where we are with those who are around us. 
But the deepened community is meant to give energy to the movement of God. Here's why I talk about this in this series on courage. And during this season of time when we are beginning to regather more and more in the life of the church. Because I want to make sure that we are properly double majors, not just majoring one and minoring in another. Because if you major in one and and minor in the other, in the life of the church, it can create this sense of being off balance. If you major in concern about the community life and deepening it, then it can really just be about you and your friends and what you enjoy about the church. And I I know I'm easily there. Uh, I can talk about my preferences and how this place and these people radically represent my preferences. And so that's what makes me comfortable there. I'm comfortable with the environment. I'm comfortable with the music. I'm comfortable with the style of leadership. I'm comfortable with all these different kinds of things. And I can be so comfortable with it that I actually neglect this sense of reaching more people and more places. Because if the idea is to reach more people and more places with the gospel of Christ, that means you're always adapting strategies. What Paul says in the book of Acts is, I become all things to all people so that I might reach more of them. So you're formed deeply by this Christian community. You develop this heart that says, I'm going to become all things to all people so that I can reach more of them. In fact, our organization is going to do the same. We're not going to sacrifice core beliefs. We're not going to sacrifice core values. But everything that we do is going to be directed toward reaching more people and more places with the gospel of Christ because we think it's the most precious thing that we can offer the world. And likewise, if, 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 you, if that's all you want to do, if you're, you're constantly about reaching more people, sometimes you neglect some of the deeper aspects of community. Um, and so it's really those together, again, a double major in reaching more people in more places with the gospel of Christ and attending to the building of a robust Christian community. Those are the things that we hope to be about. And it takes courage if we're going to do either. It's going to take courage if we're going to enter deeply into Christian community with one another. It's going to take courage if we're going to go out to reach more people in more places. One of the things that we've done during this entire sermon series is hear voices from those who sometimes stand at the margins of church life. I I believe that if we're going to reach more people in more places, we've got to listen to those people more. Uh, Hear who they are, what they value, hear what they hope to see from the life of the church. These folks aren't uh, anti-Jesus, but sometimes do have challenges with the life of the church. 
And so we're asked not to necessarily agree with everything that's said. What we're being asked to do, what I'm inviting us to do as a congregation, is simply listen. And perhaps in the midst of the listening, we will hear um, not only the voice of the person, but let's also listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit might guide us, might inspire us in the midst of this listening to say, look, if this person, and if this group of people is hoping that the church would be courageous in this way, maybe that's how the Spirit wants to encourage us. And the Spirit will prompt that and, and create that, that courage in us. So again, we listen to stories of the person, and we also listen to the Spirit interpret those stories. And so let's do that right now. Uh, we're going to listen to a story from my friend Hector. Well, I'm excited to have with me my friend Hector. Hector and I have known one another for about 10 or 11 years. He is the Associate Executive Director at Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. Thanks for being with me uh, this morning, man. Blessed to, blessed to be with you, brother. Oh yeah. So, so tell me, tell me about your relationship with church. What do you, what do you think? Well, right now my relationship with church is, it's, it's not really existing as far as like the church that most people think what church is. You know, to go into the, go into the building and with the cross on top and is a preacher giving a sermon. On that part, you know, so, you know, I was going to church for a while and then. My church, you know, it, it, uh, they lost the building, so then they separated. Then I started just kind of thinking about the church anyway. Mm. There's a couple things. I really feel like church, like I'm in church every day, and church right here at home is Homeboy Industries. I even, you know, I even uh, was giving my tithes to Homeboy Industries because I feel like this is God's work. We're doing. God's work and we're not open on Sundays. We're open on Monday through Friday. And then we take calls on Saturdays and Sundays, you know? <laughs> and, and some people could argue with me on that, you know? And, but as far as like the church, because then I was in church, right? And this is what kind of got me was when I was in church, I tried to talk to people like in this church that was, you know, on, on this side of town and, mm -hmm. And um, and I felt a little like distant from people. I felt a little bit like no one was really, and it, it was very superficial, very like, like just the top part, you know, hey, how's it going? God bless you, you know, prayers. You know, like, hey, how, how, what's happening right now? You know, and you know, I, I talk a little different, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> you, know, you know, like we're, we're church people, we're supposed to talk together and it's not about just like sitting down and everybody in their own little bubbles and listening to the word. I mean, that's great and all, but we're supposed to be family too, you know? Right. And, and, but everyone just separates and I can see when people like, when I try to like, like hey, what's up? They'll, they'll like, hi, and then they'll take, they'll um, purposely take their eyes off my eyes. And I said, oh, you don't really want to see me. Mm. You don't really want to talk to me. Mm. So, well, that's kind of hurtful. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, maybe it's my own thing, but I, you know, I've done it many times and I've, and I felt it and I've recognized this feeling, yeah. you know, because it's painful to me. To, and, and so I said, 
Oh, okay. Okay, then Hector, while we went to the same church before it closed, I said, let's listen to the word. Let's give thanks for, you know, as we do in church for, or, you know, for our week and our week ahead of us. Let's be courteous to people around us. Maybe somebody might want to have a conversation with me and I'll be open to it. But if not, then we'll, we'll walk away and call it a day, yeah. you know? But yeah, I don't really, I don't really dig that. I'm, I'm with you on what you said there. I mean, I, every time I've been to homeboys, I felt like it was church every day, every minute I was there. So I, I, I get yeah. that. You do church five days a week, right. <laughs> you know, with a Sabbath <laughs> on the weekend. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been talking about courage in this sermon series. Um, mm. I'd love to know what are ways that you think that the church could be more courageous? Hmm. You know, when you say, you know, for the church to be more courageous, my thoughts go to like Father Greg, because I'm not Catholic, um, and but I picture him in, in Dolores Mission. I picture him a young priest coming to Dolores Mission, and I'm from Bull Heights, so I'm from that, not from that specific area, I'm from the projects that are that are a little north from, from those projects where he served. But I can imagine, like those projects where he served, there was a, just a gang of people, like a like a lot of gangs, like eight different gangs there. He came in late '80s, going into the '90s. So it was a rough time. Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes I read his book or I listen to, well, no, it's mainly reading his book. I think Celeste Freeman wrote G Dog and the Homeboys. And, um, you know, he, he says something like, okay, I know what to do, you know, like Sundays, go to church. And, and then I picture the people who are going to church, you know, mm. little, little old Mexican immigrants, you know, I mean, Catholic and, and, and one thing that Father Greg had said one time that stood out to me was like, in Spanish, this guy was saying like, chastise us, like, like, give us the, give us the, you know, tell us how bad we are, like, give it to us hard. And I'm like, ugh, like that's so wrong. You know what I mean? Is that to, for God to, to look at us like we're, you know, like we need to get, we need to beat down. You know what I mean? It's like, and then just like, like, nah, man. But the courageous thing that I felt that he did was he looked, he went outside of the church, looked at the neighborhood, seen the issues, listened to the problems from the people from the church and said, well, how come we're not addressing that? Like the people that have come to church religiously, um, you know, that's, that's cool. But the sick people are the ones outside of the church, the ones that need to hear about the love of God. And the message needs to, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, is it's about the love. This is the one I listened to Father Greg. At, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, this happened to me because I did this and that. So it's karma. God God punished me in this way. And, and Father Greg, he says, what, you, what God are you listening to? What God are you praising? That's not my God. My God's too busy being in love with you than to be disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hold it now. <laughs> I've never heard that. 
Right. So God is too busy being in love with me, just being so much in love with me that even when I make mistakes, and of course I'm gonna make mistakes, I'm a mere mortal. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, yeah. we're born with sin, you know? So yeah. And besides that, you know, being a gang member, you know what I mean? Being a former gang member and all the stuff that I've gone through is like, I don't even know God wants to look my direction. Mm. And, and he's saying, nah, it's the opposite. He loves, he loves you so much that he can't even be disappointed in you. So then if you let that sink in, like it changes your whole perspective on church and on God. Do you represent God of love that's too busy being in love with you to be disappointed in you? Are you representing that God? Mm-hmm. Or are you representing, the, you know, I mean, maybe even, maybe it's your business, the business of running a church and mm-hmm. saying, well, who are the ones that are going to give me the 10, the 10% ties to keep this place open? Mm-hmm. Let me tend to those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you we got to remember, in my opinion, so we have to remember that we, we're representing a, a God. <laughs> we're representing the top. So things are, everything's going to be okay. The lights are going to be on and rent's going to be paid if we're following the orders of what we came to represent, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Amen, man. Uh, you said it, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is a powerful word for us to hear this morning. And uh, thanks for being with us. Love you, man. Can't wait to see you again. Ah, uh, Same here, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate, appreciate the questions, man. That's cool. <laughs> You're much welcome. Love. We'll see you soon. See you, man. Peace. Thank you again, Hector, for sharing your story with us and for reminding us just how important love is as we think about Christian courage. Now, I want to focus us in on that aspect of courage that is candor. As we talk about candor, I want to lift up a resource. Kim Scott wrote a book called Radical Candor. This is a great book for working relationships for building any kind of relationship here. And she's got these different axes here. So here you've got care personally, care personally. And then down here you've got rage, caring personally, rage. Over here you've got challenge directly. And over here you have silence. So in between rage and challenging directly, you've got obnoxious aggression. You you just don't care enough. You're raging on the inside and you're challenging directly. So you get this kind of obnoxious aggression. And over here you've got manipulative insincerity. This is being passive aggressive. You're raging on the inside, but you're trying to be silent. And so it comes out as being passive aggressive. But here's a quadrant that so many of us can easily find ourselves in between caring personally and between uh, silence. And she calls this ruinous empathy. (sighs) 
so you're trying not to hurt anyone's feelings. So you're being silent, even though you care. And it just, it comes across as being ruinous in the end. But the goal is to care personally and challenge directly. And in between those two, you actually find radical candor. The way we talk about this in scripture is speaking the truth in love speaking the truth in love. That is the radical candor that we talk about in, in Scripture. Uh, the, what does truth in love mean? Truth in love means speaking as a disciple of Christ with the qualities of a disciple of Christ. So let's look at how this is expressed in our Scripture passage from Luke 7. Our passage today from Luke 7 is one of my very favorite. It's such a dramatic scene as Jesus is in the midst of another awkward dinner party. They seem to always get awkward with Jesus. Woman comes in, anoints his feet. She is unconcerned, unfazed by the judgment, the shaming that's being done by all the other folks who are there. She's so focused on Jesus. Sometimes that happens for us as well, right? When the circumstances of our, our lives are such that we begin to push away all the other noise and focus on Jesus because our need and our connection with Christ is so great. And Jesus is focused on her. Jesus is also focused on his host, focused on Simon, who's part of this crowd that is judging this woman. It tells Simon a story, and at the, the end of it, he says, look, people who've been forgiven little love little. How it works, you want to you create some, some hardness, a, a kind of callousness in life, don't forgive. But people who've been forgiven a lot are going to end up loving a lot. Wonderful message, very clear. Jesus speaks with such great candor. The candor that Jesus speaks with is not just telling the truth, but it's, it's about the way that Jesus tells the truth. As we just said before, sometimes people can tell the truth in the harshest of ways. But Jesus always tells the truth lovingly, compassionately, clearly. Jesus tells the truth in, in such a way that we can see the, the fruit of the Spirit alive in Jesus's life. And so that's my simple challenge to us this week. As we seek to move in this world with a sense of candor, as we seek to tell the truth in love, may the truth we tell be characterized by the fruit of God's Spirit in us. When, we, when we're clear with folks, my hope is that they'd say, yeah, they were clear, but they were not harsh. Uh, they were clear, they were firm, but I can tell that they are a disciple of Christ 
by the way they have shared this truth. And that, I believe, makes a difference. When someone won't feel like they've been beat up by the church, pressed away by the church, but someone's being invited in, in this moment of truth-telling into a deeper relationship with the person who's telling them this truth and love, but also a deeper relationship with Christ. It's an invitation not only to hear the truth, but also to hear how the truth is told in such a way that you say, gosh, I wanna be able to tell the truth like that. I wanna be a part of a community that interacts with people like this with such integrity and with such grace. So allow the Spirit to work through you this week as you speak up and as you tell the truth in love. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.